We're going to get into this this morning. By the way, the lights off is on purpose. Okay. All right. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your heart, for Revelation Rock, for each person here, because this is our family. Whether they're here today for the first time, they've been here every Sunday, whether they're here every other Sunday, it doesn't matter. This is our family, and you love us. You love us when we're not here, and you love us when we're at home, and you love us every single day, every single moment, and we thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, I pray that this word that you have today for us hits us each in the place where you need it to be. Open our eyes to see how you're speaking to us every single day, and and through this moment today, Jesus, this Sunday, right here at Revelation Rock, as we worship together, as we, as we study together, just speak to us. We love you and we thank you and we pray all this in your name, amen. I'm gonna move over this way just a little bit because that light's right in my eyes. <sighs> all right, so bear with me. This is gonna be a little different than you're used to this morning. I'm gonna tell you a story, okay? You will recognize probably this story at, at some point. Just hang on, and, and we're going to get to it, okay? All right? Everybody good? Yeah? Lindsay, you good? Okay. You can come stand up here by me if you want. There's a lot of light. Okay. I love you, Lindsay. All right. All right. All right. So I'm going to tell you a story about a man. Now, this man, he was a very hard worker, And he grew up as a privileged person. He had wealth. But that didn't stop the man from working harder. And he became very successful in everything that he put his hand to. Eventually, the the man left his mother and father and went to college. He fell in love and he married his wife. And as he got out of college and and, uh, started his businesses, he became a father And he had two sons. And he built himself up in the business world. He worked long hours. He took care of his family. And his heart was to build a legacy for his boys. His desire was to be able to provide for them in every single way. To give them everything that their hearts desired. Every experience. Every good thing. And he was kind. And he was loving. And even though he worked a whole lot and he had a business and he had many businesses eventually, he was involved in his son's lives. He was there for every major milestone, every school event, every game that they participated in, every single holiday. All the time he was there. He never pushed his sons. He never pushed him into anything. He never said, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that. But he set an example for them. He set an example of how hard work and kindness will provide for them. He showed them how to set goals and make plans to attain those goals. And he still never pushed them more than they allowed him to. But he was always right there, ready to help them when they stumbled or when they came up against an obstacle that they didn't know how to conquer. 
Now this man, like I said, he was very successful. His businesses were diversified. They were all over the place. He owned a lot of properties. He was very, very wealthy. And his wealth and his influence continued to build until he was loaded beyond all, all measure. There was nothing that he couldn't provide for himself or his young family. And his sons were growing up in the, in the lap of luxury. They would eventually attend the best schools, receive the best educations, and they also excelled at everything that they put their hands to. Now, his older son, he saw that all that his father had, the properties, the businesses, the people that he employed, the influence that he had in the community at large. And this oldest son, he wanted everything the father had. He wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. So he knew how to make a goal and make plans. And so he set a track for himself to attend a very prestigious university. And even while attending that university, he worked for his father. He climbed through the ranks of his father's business. And the older son was becoming quite successful himself. And he never had a desire that he couldn't meet. He served his father without question and never asked any favors or took any shortcuts. He was content and he lived to make his father proud. And his father was proud of him. And he was always ready to help him if he needed. But this oldest son, he never asked for help. He put his nose to the grindstone and he worked hard. And he was determined to show his father that he was following in his steps. Now the younger son, on the other hand, was a little bit more of a free spirit, a wild child, if you will. His passions and desires changed like a feather floating in the wind. He could have been described as a wild child, always getting into something, whether it was trouble, trouble at school or in the city where they lived, or he was scheming with his friends on the next big thing, and he never took life too seriously. He knew that his father loved him, and would take care of him, would provide for him with whatever he needed. He also understood that he never really had to work a day in his life. His father would simply make sure that he was taken care of in every single way. Now his father wouldn't just let that happen, so he guided him and employed him in the family business. And the son quickly learned the ropes, and he was very successful within the business. But it wasn't in the youngest son's heart to be in the business. And so something happened. The youngest son, the schemer that he was, the wild child, decided he didn't want to be involved in the family business and approached his father with ideas for his own business ventures, to follow his own passions. And he appealed to his father's business uh, knowledge and his acumen and his heart and desire for his sons to succeed and the youngest son asked his father to cash him out. I want to take what's, what's mine, what I would get from this business, and separate so I can take and blaze my own trail in this world. The youngest son, he didn't really have a concrete business plan, but his head was full of ideas. He had lots of things that he thought, oh, I can do this and I can do that. He didn't, he didn't have any investors besides 
what he was going to get from his dad. And he really didn't know what it took to build a company from the ground up. But his father knew. His father knew all those things. But the youngest son simply had the, the ideas and desires, and they didn't involve his father's business. So, amazingly, the father agreed to the terms of the youngest son. He said, it's time for you to spread your wings and follow your heart. So here you go. He put his shares into an account for the youngest son and wished him well in his new adventure. The offer, father offered to give him advice whenever he needed it, making it very clear that he was always available for consultations and anything that the son needed. And the youngest son made it clear back to his father, I don't need your help. I just need your cash. I need to go do this on my own. So the youngest son left. He had an excellent education, just like the older brother, the very best of upbringings, and also as much life experience as a person of a young age could attain. In short, he was very full of himself and didn't take anything very seriously. But he had it in his mind that because of his name, because of his wealth, because of who his father was, that his new ventures would simply succeed on those merits. So the son left, the youngest son, and he moved across the country to a new state, a new city with his inherited wealth. He bought a house, bought some office space because he knew he needed a place to work, and he started hiring some people to be his employees for this new adventure, this new venture. But the youngest son didn't fully know how much all those things would cost him how that capital just slowly dwindled away and sometimes very quickly. <clears throat> and as he was trying to get this business off of the ground, there wasn't much money coming in, so he was taking it right out of that inheritance, out of that savings. But he also, being a young person, wanted to spend his money on frivolous things, things that made him happy, that gave him pleasure, things like parties, things like possessions to impress other people his age. And that money dwindled faster and faster. And his new business wasn't succeeding very quickly. Matter of fact, the money was disappearing so quickly that he eventually, in a short time, had to let those employees go that he had just hired. And the money kept disappearing. And he had to let the rest of them go. And then he had to sell his office. But the youngest son still was determined to succeed. He knew that he could succeed. And so he said, I'll just go and work from home on this on my own. And I will make this business succeed. So he did that. And eventually, that money kept going away. Kept spending it. He had, I mean, you all know how much it takes to, to, to take care of your house. It's not cheap. So he had to decide, well, <clears throat> do I have money for my house or do I have money for food? So he had to have money for food too, but he just couldn't let up on the house. So he decided to go get another job to work for someone else. Dead-end job, something that was never going to be a long-time thing. <clears throat> 
He was burning the candle at both ends. He was trying to make his business succeed, to make his dad proud, to show him that he could do it. But he was also working that dead-end job just to be able to afford food. Well, eventually that inheritance completely ran out. The son had to sell his house. No money to pay the bills. The bank's going to come and take it. So he sold it, took the little bit of money that he got from it. <clears throat> he didn't have anywhere to live. But he had a few friends that said, hey, you can come crash with us. Well, as that money kept going out, because he's still trying to rake that business succeed, eventually those friends are like, hey, bud, you've been living here for six months. You've got to give us some money. So he's still working at the dead-end job. He's still paying his friends. And that business still wasn't moving along. So after some time, the youngest son was at his dead-end job, and he saw a news story about his father and his father's business, the family business that had provided for him most of his life and could still be providing for him. He longed to go back, to not be couch surfing at his friend's house, to have his old life back, to have all the things that living with his father provided for him. But he still couldn't. Because he told his father that he'd succeed, that he could go out into the world and do this on his own. And so he continued to stick it out. This youngest son, he wanted to succeed so bad. But now, he didn't even have the resources to move the business along any further. Barely off the ground, not bringing any revenue in, he was stuck. Once again, he saw something that reminded him of his father and, his, and the family business. But this time, something deep inside of him said, I know if I go to my father and I apologize, tell him that I squandered all this away, at the very least, he'll give me a job in his company, a job that'll provide for me better than this dead-end job is. I'll be able to afford a home for myself, to put food on the table and still have a little bit left over to have some fun. Even the lowest of my father's employees I know can do these things. So the youngest son decided to pack up his meager belongings that he had left, the things that he didn't have to sell off to pawn off for food or rent. And he was going to head back home to his family across the country. But he didn't want his family to know he was coming home. He didn't want him to know until he was there, to know that he had failed. So he called one of his, his buddies from when he lived there and asked him, hey, can you pick me up from the airport? Now this, oldest, this old friend, he couldn't believe that the, the youngest son, his buddy, was coming home because he knew how much he wanted that to succeed. And so he thought, you know what? I'm going to go talk to his dad. So he went and told the dad, hey, I'm com he's coming home. And the father was ecstatic because he hadn't heard from his son. His son never called him to say, hey, this isn't working out. How can I, how can I do this? Hey, I know you've been in this situation before. How can I do this? The son tried to do it all on his own. So the father was ecstatic. 
and he couldn't wait to see his son, to celebrate him because he missed him so dearly. So the father called a caterer, arranged an extravagant party at his house, and got it all set up. So when the son arrived at the airport, it wasn't his old buddy that was there waiting to pick him up. But it was his dad. And the son was nervous as soon as he saw his dad. And he's, in his head he's going, I just gotta apologize, I just gotta apologize, I just gotta apologize. I gotta tell him right now. And so as his father is walking towards him, He's starting to talk, Dad, I'm so sorry. His dad embraced him. Son, it doesn't matter. You're home now. We can get it all worked out. Took him home through a huge party. All of his friends, the family, everybody was there. And the youngest son was relieved and had peace in his heart instantly. And he knew that everything was going to be okay that everything was going to work out. You all know this story, don't you? It sounds really familiar. Jane, if you want to grab those lights over there for me, we can turn them on now. Why, why did I just tell you a modern version of the prodigal son? It's the same thing we were just talking about before, that Isaac shared this morning, we all have shadows, things that chase us, things that we don't turn around and go, be gone, and turn back to the Father. We have to have grace for ourselves. We have to. Just as the Father has grace for us. Go ahead with Romans 3, Olivia. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. There's nobody in here who's sinless. There's no one in here that doesn't need God's grace. And it's easy for us to have grace for everybody else. Right? If... Somebody walked in, not a one of us would bat our eye, we would welcome them with open arms. No matter what they looked like, no matter what they'd been through, no matter who they were. But it's hard to do that with ourselves. It's hard. We go, man, I don't know if I can go to church this Sunday because I just, I've been a wreck this week. I need to get, I need to get myself right. We say that. I need to get myself right. You know what? We're right. We are always right. Because Jesus is our righteousness. He's our right standing with God. We have to have that grace for ourselves. When we let ourselves down, or when we think we let others down, we're our worst critics. You don't think the youngest son was beating himself up, if only I apologize to my dad, I can have the lowest job in his company. God the Father 
That's, that's him in a nutshell for us. He's, he's sitting here going, come on, come on. I'm going to put you right back where you were. I'm going to throw a party because you're back. God gives us grace because he loves us. He gives us grace because he loves us. Go to the next one, Olivia, please. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Guess what, folks? We're all still sinners. On the surface, we're all still sinners. But in here, we're not. In our spirit, we're not because we have Christ. Because he died for us. And he gives us that grace every single day. Every single day. The father in the story of the prodigal son, he could have, he could have easily, you messed up. I don't, I don't even know what to do with you. You, you, you already wasted your, your money. No. You know what? The father knew that that son was going to squander everything when he gave him the money. He knew he, he wasn't going to succeed, but he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And the only thing the father had was hope that he'd come back. That at some point, he would come back. And he didn't even let him apologize. He th- put his arms around him. It's going to be all right. Let's go have a party because you're back. That's what grace is, folks. That's what having grace for yourself is. Every single day, we can go to the Father and I messed up. We all do it every single day. We all mess up. God loves us and he gives us his grace every day. Uh, Do you notice the other thing about the prodigal son? Father didn't condemn him. Go ahead and go to that, the next one, Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Father doesn't condemn us. He sets us free through Jesus. Every single day. We have freedom, which is grace through Christ Jesus. But it's still not enough sometimes. We still feel guilty. We beat ourselves up. I gotta be better. I gotta do this better. I gotta do this better. Guilt doesn't do anything except for keep you from the Father. It keeps those shadows right behind you or in front of me right now. That was kind of weird. <laughs> it's a really big shadow. We don't have to feel guilty. and We don't have to beat ourselves up. And we don't have to fear coming, before, coming to God our Father and coming back to him and being like, God, I messed up. Number one, he doesn't care. He's going to wrap his arms around us. He loves us. 
But even more than that, go ahead to the, the next one, Olivia. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. We already know we're not going to get punished. There's no condemnation because the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loves us. God loved us first. He still loves us. And we have the ability to love everybody else because of that, including ourselves. That's what having grace for yourself means. It means we love ourselves. He wants to give us, our, give us grace every single day. In every single way, he wants to give us his grace. Go ahead to that second Chronicles, Olivia. Sorry, I got a lot of scripture in a little bit of time because I told you guys the story here. If you return to the Lord, then your fellow Israelites and your children will be shown compassion by their captors and will return to this land. And this is the part. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. The Lord our God is gracious and compassionate, and he doesn't turn his face from us. He doesn't. He's always there, all the time. Whether you're driving your car down one of the county roads, whether you're sitting at your office working on the computer, whether you're on a phone call with a customer or your mom or whoever, whether you're laying in your bed at night and you're trying to go to sleep and, you're, and you got your eyes closed and you're like, oh, I really messed up today. He's there. He's there and he's there with grace and he's there with love for you because that's who God the Father is. And we don't have to be scared because his love is perfect. We know there's no condemnation. And even more so, we can approach the Father with confidence. Go ahead to uh, Hebrews 4, Olivia. Let us then approach God's throne of grace, his throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and we can find grace to help us in our time of need. It's there for us. But sometimes we're so hard on ourselves, we let it go, go right by. But the next minute, we've got it for everybody else, but we can't give it to ourselves. We have to be able to give ourselves grace. We have to. It's the only way to live. God's grace and compassion don't change, ever. They don't change depending on what we've done, depending on our level of regret. No, our God, he's loving. And immediately, when we turn our eyes back to him, gives us grace. He's given us grace before we turn our eyes back to him even. If you think about it, let's talk about Let's talk about Peter for a minute. Jesus straight up tells him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. No, nope, I won't. This is the same Peter that, that Jesus said, on your words, I'm going to build my church. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. 
but he did. And as soon as, as soon as Peter was ready to turn back to Jesus, come on. Yep, let's go. And Peter loved Jesus, and he knew that, and he was with him every single day. The same is true for us. We have to have that grace. We have to be able to give it. So find freedom in that. Freedom to kick that shadow out. To speak Jesus over yourself. Just as, as Tammy and Jackie went around and spoke Jesus over everybody in here today. Speak it over yourselves. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much our Father loves you. So live in that, please. Pray with me tonight. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us so much that we have grace. It's undeserved, but you give it freely to us. And thank you that we can come boldly and confidently to your throne of grace because there's no fear in your love, Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we um, just let these words percolate in our hearts and our souls and our spirits today, that you just continue to heal us, to break off these things that keep us from just living in you in every single way, Jesus. Bless this family at Revelation Rock. Open our eyes to see you more. Allow us to be who you want us to be, to be your family in a way that we can go out and share your grace with others, Jesus. We love you. We thank you and we pray to you. Pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.